I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be sharing with you lessons I've learned and conversations I've had that will help you become who you want to be together. Our home is the place from where everything is centered. When we don't have a peaceful foundation there, it's difficult to thrive in the other areas of our life, especially when we see so little faith, hope, or love in our culture today. Today's guest, Victoria Durstock, wrote a book called Guard Your Heart and Home that she hopes will inspire peaceful connection and community inside of our homes so that a watching world can observe the power and love of Christ. It features 60 days of devotions paired with scripture, decorating tips, and photographs that visually illustrate tangible beauty and peace while offering helpful tips for family. Victoria is a multi-passionate creative and entrepreneur. She's authored six books with more on the way. She is the founder and president of Endgame Press, a publishing house where extraordinary people accomplish extraordinary things. In our conversation, we talked about marriage, family, and our physical home. Victoria shares three practical tips for facilitating peace within our marriage and family. She also shares about how we can believe the best of our spouse and what it means to live in a space that brings us joy and peace. Welcome, Victoria. It's fantastic to have you on the podcast today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I am excited to be here. So a question we ask all of our guests is, what is your family known for? I think this is such an interesting question and one that I don't think I have ever been asked before. Uh, So it has really kind of prompted a lot of thought for me, (laughs) Um, which is just, it's fun. It's fun to kind of think differently than, than we do. But I think maybe two things, um, if I can, if I can narrow it down a little bit. Uh, every church we've been at since we've been married, we have definitely been involved in some way, serving in some way. And so I hope that our family is known for service, mm-hmm. um, especially as a family unit. Usually, you know, everybody's together. You know, we're all in on whatever it is that we're doing, if we can be. Um, yep. And whichever whichever area of service that is, whether that's the nursery or the music ministry or serving in some other way. Um, and then the second thing would be we start businesses frequently. So that happens with my husband, and myself. It happens now with our oldest daughter, our middle, t- you know, our two daughters have their own business early on when they were younger. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that that would probably be the second thing if I had to narrow it down. Oh, that's so fun. I love that. Um, yeah, like I'm trying to infuse a little bit of entrepreneurship into my kids. My son, he has, he does a mulching business in the spring and then he cleans sneakers in the winter. Um, and I, my husband and I, well, I chaired an entrepreneurship program at our children's school. So we were part of that for a really long time. Our kids took the class and, and they had their own little businesses for the marketplace. And so I love entrepreneurship and I think that's such a great, it's such a good learning experience, you know? Absolutely. I, I picked up a little uh, business homeschool plan that very first year we homeschooled. And I thought, well, this will be a great little six week thing I can do with my eight year old and 11 year old together. Yeah. Yeah. And it still exists today, which is many, many years down the road. And it's just set, kind of funny to look back and just say, hey, that was actually quite monumental. Yeah. <laughs> At the yeah. time we didn't know. Oh, absolutely. All right. So you're here today to talk to us about your new book. So I would love for you to tell us more about it. Guard your heart and home. What are the readers getting and what are they learning as they go through this book? Well, the heart and home series is just this, 
beautiful thing that the Lord allowed me to, to take part in, which is, which is fun. You know, whenever he is in the middle of something, you know, I want to be right there. And he took me on a, a long journey with my husband through uh, furniture and design and home interiors and, and things that weren't necessarily my passion early on um, to bring me to a point where I was able to write about design elements and mm-hmm. things that I see um, just in daily you know, life in, in our homes, but how they also are very important in our spiritual walk. So it was really interesting for me as I started to think about heart and home in general and the very first book that came out a couple of years ago um, with design basics for your heart and home. Mm-hmm. Those design basics are like flow and harmony and unity and all these, these things that we kind of know to be true in this world. If you start to think about spiritual applications, you can go, oh, wait, there's a lot of those as well. And yeah. it was just a really exciting first book to kind of work those things together. Um, and see insights into God's word. And, you know, he is the master creator and he is so specific in some of the things that he's given to people through time about how he wanted things to be done, like the tabernacle and even the ark and other things mm-hmm. where we get to see that design element of the beauty yeah. uh, of the creation. So that first book kind of was, oh, wow, look at, look at all these things. Second book was about Christmas, which was really, really easy. We talk about celebrating joy in our living space. And of course, you know, if you love to decorate for Christmas, (laughs) that was a beautiful thing. And then if you uh, just wanted to really kind of meditate more about Christmas, it was easier to get there. So this third book is really more geared for marriage. Um, Mm. I never, I said, I would never write a marriage book or a parenting book. And so this is not, um, this is not saying, Hey, this is what you should do in marriage. This is, Hey, this is, this is some of the lessons that I have learned um, over the last 25 years um, of our marriage. And this is what I hope for young couples to maybe um, think about um, in their early marriage, uh, in their maybe later years where things are struggling because we've all been in this weird time frame over the last couple of years. And I think marriages have been under a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. And so it's more of, hey, here's where I've messed up. And I hope maybe you can benefit from it. <laughs> Um, that's kind of the angle I always take when I'm writing. Cause I just don't know any other way to do that and uh, bring in scripture. You know, what does the Bible say about, about our marriages, about peace, about, um, expectations, uh, and then bringing in that beautiful element of, of beautiful homes, some simpler mm-hmm. designs, and then marriage and design tips, just because, uh, I mean, who, who doesn't want more of that, uh, as an encouragement. So that's what yeah. you'll find when you open this book. Yeah, that's great. Cause who doesn't understand your, our environment, the impact it has on us, you know, all of us, I mean, many of us get excited about creating our home and the thought process and the adventure that goes into that. So I think it's really relatable and can definitely draw some incredible parallels. It's, it's been really, um, such a joy really Mm -hmm. to be able to pursue this path and just be able to talk about home, which, Mm -hmm. you know, so many of us want to be a place, um, of love and peace and joy. Mm -hmm. And yet sometimes that's just what we're fighting for mm-hmm. um, because it's harder, it's harder to accomplish than we think. And, you know, marriage in particular is a challenge. We're bringing two very different people together um, and trying to create oneness. And, um, you know, my husband and myself have had our share of struggles. He's a firstborn and I'm an only child, you know, and mm-hmm. you bring that together and that's strong. <laughs> yes. but it can be really strong in a good way when we, when we give a lot of that over to the Lord and the closer we draw to the Lord, the closer we draw to each other. And, and those are the things I just want to encourage people with. I think our young marrieds 
often think that marriage should be easier. And if it's not, that something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the reality is, is that it's work. And I just mm-hmm. want, I just want to encourage them to do the work and, and to not be afraid of it. Yeah. So what do you think some of the reasons are that peace is hard for us to find personally within our families? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, we, we don't live in a very peace-filled world, first of all. Um, so everything around us seems to be chaotic. I think it's been exacerbated in the last couple of years because of um, the pandemic and being home and the isolation that we have all experienced. Um, mm-hmm. My life got turned upside down, you know, as a writer, um, working from home, used to quiet, mm-hmm. everybody being gone and then in their separate places. And then everybody kind of came back in. They're all in my space. And I was in upheaval. So I think when we have that personal upheaval inside of us, mm-hmm. it, it spreads out into our home, right? And um, it, it just creates lots of conflict. And I think the conflict um, is is a part of life, but navigating that conflict is usually where we have trouble um, keeping peace. Mm-hmm. So you have some practical tips that for facilitating peace within our marriage and our family. So I'd love to hear what they are. <laughs> well, these again, you know, I'm not an expert. Uh, this is this is uh, really coming from real practical. This is kind of what I have found to be true for myself. Uh, is communication is is mm-hmm. top. Uh, I'm a terrible communicator. I could write words and I can do things later. I have great conversations in my mind later. Me where too. I'm, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm one of those, I can talk into the mirror kind of people. And I really like make compelling arguments, but in the moment, you know, I'm, I'm at a loss. So I think yeah. that communication factor of always trying to be clear with what our expectations are, because we, we all have them. We just don't always communicate them. And we feel like if we're loved well, you know, that, that they should know mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and we just don't think alike. So really we're, we're setting ourselves up for failure and for disappointment. So, so communicating, you know, exactly saying exactly what's on our minds and our hearts and, and even saying, Hey, you know, this may not be the right way to feel or think, but this is how it is right now. And, mm-hmm. and I need to talk through this with you. Uh, I think that that would just, that goes so far, you know, in, in our relationship building and in being um, in community with each other is really uh, having clear communication, which does tend to be more challenging for some of us than others. Um, I think practicing believing the best about each other um, is always very helpful. Instead of believing that my spouse is out to get me or um, that person I love is is sabotaging me or they're trying to set me up for failure or whatever all those negative thoughts could be instead believing, you know, that this person that loves me, that says they love me, that they believe and they want the best for me, then, then that perspective is going to help me when I'm trying to communicate and uh, do the things around the home that I need to do. And then I think my other thing is just decluttering the schedule. I think we get overwhelmed and busy and that just puts barriers up between all of us when we do that. And so as often as we can, um, being aware that our schedule can actually hinder that peace in our marriage mm-hmm. um, and in our homes in general, I think it's really important to say, hey, we've we've got to declutter the schedule a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are all great. I love those. Um, I know that like part of the seasons where I look back and I, I'm frustrated or I look back and see missed opportunities are those seasons where I've just been too busy that I haven't noticed what's going on around me or not even around me, but like in me too. Like yes. when we're busy, um, things can go awry and we're just not seeing it. And then we can just cover it up and buffer. And then you you kind of come to the end of it and you're like, oh my gosh, 
<laughs> Where's the connection? Where's the time spent together? Um, how did how did we get here? That's a lot. It's another question that you know many of us find ourselves asking um, when we stay too busy. And so I think that's really important. Yeah, and I think the busyness affects us, like you said, in different seasons in different ways. And I think it's harder for some of us who maybe are like yes girls, right? Like we want to make sure that that people know, you know, we're here to help and we, you know, we're not going to tell you no, just because we don't want to do something, you know, we're, we're going to be yes people. But I, I think that learning to say the best, yes. And I think Mm -hmm. it's first, even that promoted that a few years ago. And I've kind of clung to that through the years. It's just, um, sometimes it's not, it's not the bad things that are, are the difficult things. It's, it's, the good is sometimes the enemy of the best and trying to make those Mm -hmm. decisions about what is the best use of my time, especially as it relates to my marriage. I think we have just have to be really intentional. And Mm -hmm. I think you can just sometimes get caught up in living life and kind of going with the flow and saying yes to whatever's needed and helping and and being helpers um, that we forget that we have to be really intentional instead with whatever that yes is, because that usually means there's going to be a no to something else. And if that Mm -hmm. no is constantly towards my marriage, that's just a, ultimately a place that we don't want to get to in the future. Yeah. When it comes to believing the best of somebody, what is what are your thoughts on, or what would your advice be or recommendation when you feel like there's so much water under the bridge that like this person can't possibly be thinking the best of you. And I get into this trap sometimes with my husband. Like I literally can make him be like, no, he doesn't like, I'm convinced that he doesn't have my best interest in heart when he indeed does. And it like, what are your thoughts on how to get out from that place? It's so hard. Um, <laughs> I mean, it just is the reality is, is that this is the challenge, right? It's, it's hard. It's, it's work. It's um, for, for me, it takes uh, trying to separate that emotion because it's usually the emotion that makes me feel like mm-hmm. they are out to get me or uh, they don't they don't love me uh, the way I should be loved or need to be loved or need to feel. They don't make mm-hmm. me feel the way I want to. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's trying to set aside that part of me that's, that's wired to be emotional and feeling and to say, logically, the truth is uh, this, it, we married for this reason. We love each other. And to try to even um, for me, sometimes it's sitting and thinking about all the good things, um, about my, about my husband, you know, what are the things that I love about him? <laughs> Sometimes that list is actually the same. The things I love are also the things that drive me crazy. And, and isn't that ironic, right? Because he's usually balancing me out so well, because I'm, you know, over here, you know, on this great high and he's like, okay, well, you know, here we are. And then sometimes I'm in this great low, you know, like everything's terrible. And he's like, no, here we are. You know, he's, he's my steady anchor. And yet I'm the one that's like, Ooh. And, and so the things that drive me crazy about that though, are let's get excited or like, let's, let's bear, you know, come down here with me. And yet he's the one that's the nice and steady and that's what I need, but that can drive me crazy. So right. it's really the, the strange thing that happens um, in marriage that I have found personally, that some of the stuff that I have loved about him has been some of the stuff that drives me crazy too. And it's because he's different than me and he doesn't think like I do. And, and that's actually a good thing. And I have to mm-hmm. constantly remind myself of that. I think it's, it's like the truth of God's word. You know, when I, when I struggle with doubt or fear or anxious thoughts or all of the things that can occur, 
a lot of that's wrapped up in my emotions and my feelings and, um, and possibly, you know, over listening to the news or something, right. It's, it's this, this thing that happens. And when I, when I feel that way, I have to kind of stop myself and be really intentional about saying, okay, what is the truth of God's word? Mm-hmm. Where, where do I find truth? Where can I, where can I stop and say, okay, God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And then I sit and I need to dwell with that. I think it's kind of the same thing when I'm trying to believe yeah. the best about my husband. I need to go back to what I know to be true. And I need to repeat that to myself. And whether that's making a list of all these wonderful things that I love about him or remembering a time that I really thought, I am so glad I married this man, you know, and dwelling on that versus saying, oh, you know, he did it again, or he's yeah. out to get me or all of those negative thoughts. Yeah. I even find sometimes I'm on social media and someone's making a statement about gender roles or whatever situation they're going through and where there wasn't discontent in my heart, I now have discontent. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't be doing the dishes every night. Like really like (laughs) the dishes, right? But it it sometimes plants seeds that I need to sort of stop and, and separate myself from whatever I'm reading and say, you know, mm, this absolutely be influencing my husband because then mm-hmm. I'll notice the times when he's sitting down and not helping me versus like last week when I wanted to go out with my friends and he said, Hey, take care of it. You know what I mean? Like it's so easy to go to that negative. And if you're, if you have those outside influences that are encouraging that negativity, it's, you know, you have to be mindful. It's so, it's so tricky. Yes. I am. It's that, it's that verse that tells us to take every thought captive. I mean, and the reason for that is because our thoughts can just like run away with us yeah. um, before we even know it. And you're right. It's social media. It's the news. It's, it's all the, there's so much negativity. There's so much noise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tend to feel um, really empathetic when I'm reading stories, especially news stories and things like that. And I find my spirit can be like, I, I can be here. I could have gotten up and feel really good about the day yeah. and what that doing. And in 15 minutes, I can be like, the world's falling apart and I don't know what to do. And, and I noticed that, like, I have to be really intentional to say, you know what, (laughs) not going to read any more about it today. I'm not going to hide my head in the sand either, but I'm going to go ahead and take a break. And I'm going to go back to realizing God's in control. He, he knew this from the beginning of time. He's sovereign. He's good. He's, you know, and all Mm -hmm. of the things I know to be true because you're right. I mean, it's so easy. We can get wrapped up and if it becomes this habit of getting wrapped up in that, I think that that does, um, unfortunately, it's going to affect, it's going to affect our hearts. It's going to affect our homes and, and our marriages in particular. Yeah. All right. So I want to go back to this home idea. Um, have you noticed that there is an impact, um, that our physical home has an impact on us as people and as a family? Um, I, I would say yes. Um, for sure. I think that it does. I you know, clutter is an easy, easy thing to pick on. Um, clutter. I think of clutter a lot as, as sin, you know, clutter stuffs up our home. It Mm -hmm. prohibits flow. It prohibits unity. There's a lot of things that that clutter can do in our homes besides just being, you know, on an episode of hoarders, which is, you know, my nightmare. I don't ever want that to happen. Right. Like I don't want to hold on to stuff so long that eventually somebody comes to me and says, okay, you you know, we got to get rid of it all. So, so for me, clutter is just this visual representation of what sin does in our hearts. You know, when we hold on to certain things too long, hurts, habits, whatever, uh, mm-hmm. any kind of sin that we're holding in our heart, then we're not confessing and forsaking. It's cluttering up my flow. It's cluttering up my relationship with the Lord. And so I think 
clutter is an easy thing to pick on in our homes because it does affect the peace with everybody. It affects our outward witness as well. And I really believe our homes are supposed to be places that are mission outposts where, mm-hmm. you know, we can bring other people in and they're going to know that peace and they're going to know that joy and that um, love that we have for each other so that we can communicate that to others. And if, if our home's cluttered, we're definitely not opening the door. And, and if our home's cluttered, there's definitely nowhere for them to sit down or feel at ease or feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, and so I feel like, you know, clutter is an easy way to say, Hey, you know, just like clutter keeps us from feeling peaceful, you know, sin also does the same thing. Yeah. As you were talking, I was thinking about, I do have a little bit of clutter in my office right now, but those represent things I don't want to deal with. (laughs) Me too. I mean, I'm like, so when you like talk about sin and you talk about what it, I mean, like now every time I just walked in here this morning, I'm like, Oh, I just got to take care of that pile. I don't want to take care of it. Absolutely. But like, once we do, there's a freedom. And, and it's like, you said the same way with sin, when we, when we deal with it and when we turn from those ways, there's yeah. just such freedom. And so I'm thinking next week, I'm already, my husband's going out of town. I'm like, I'm going to come up here. I'm going to buy a new chair. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I think there's that's why like, organization so much too, right? Yeah. You know, and that's why um, it's so fun sometimes to buy all this stuff, you know, to organize mm-hmm. and do all those things. And, um, you know, that's it. That can be its own rabbit trail, of course. Yeah. But, you know, having a home that's orderly and um, things are put in places where they belong regularly, not like it's perfect every day, but um, no, I mean, we live here, you know, and my husband's great at reminding me, you know, we live here. So it's, it's awesome because, there are times where I would be like, no, don't open the door unless it's perfect. Cause I have this perfectionism thing that I struggle with. And, and it's not that we're looking for perfect, but if, if things are kind of, they have a place, you know, blankets are over here or pillows or, or, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. if the stuff has a spot and even if it's not like, you know, color coordinated, um, or labeled, it's okay. It's just, it, it has a home. Those, those things have a place then, then everybody else in the house feels okay, well, we can be at peace because we don't have to like wonder, you know, where does this go? Or why is everything always chaotic? You know, why are the games all over the place and all the stuff? You know, I love, I love furniture pieces that, you know, you can put things inside of whether it's an ottoman or a table or a cabinet. I mean, those are great doors on those things. Um, it's, it's not saying, Hey, everything has to be perfect. It's just saying, Hey, you know, when things are kind of orderly, it's also easier to clean. You know, if you're trying to like sleep or mop really quick, but, you know, or, you know, do a dusting, you know, go through and dust really quick. Yeah. It's so, so I have friends that, that clean their house before their cleaner comes. Yes. Cause it's just yeah. easier. You know, you're going to get, they're going to be able to do their job. If yep. you can just remove some of these things from your home <laughs> right. in the right place. <laughs> and it just, it just keeps the home feeling much more peaceful. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you think it's important for us? And I kind of, I mean, I have an, definitely have an opinion on this, but do you think it's important for us to live in a place that brings us joy and peace? I mean, I think the average person would say yes after being at home for the last year. <laughs> but what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, and here's here's the, what I've discovered. I, you know, joy and peace doesn't necessarily mean I have my dream home and all the money in the world, right? Like Good. Yeah. Those, those stressors, of having to pay for all of that can also take away my joy and peace. So maybe my mm-hmm. home I thought would bring me joy and peace if I had the perfect home, but now I've created this other issue. So it's not necessarily about the perfect home or the dream home or the largest home or the um, best furnished or the most beautiful design. It's it's not about any of that. I think mm-hmm. our homes can bring us joy and peace 
uh, because they're a place where we know that all the people that are that are in our home care about us and love us, and that it's a safe place to land. Um, it can be a place where we have shared interests and values, and um, especially as we're raising children, uh, you know, teaching them our values and loving the Lord, and um, hoping that they grow up to go out into the world one day and do the same thing with their families yeah. again. Um, and and so creating joy and peace and love in that home isn't about having the best or the finest, which I think we can get kind of caught up in a little bit. Um, and thinking if I just had, you know, that piece of art, or if I just had, you know, the money to remodel Mm -hmm. my, my kitchen, I would be happy. Um, and I think that that's, that's a conversation that, especially as we've all been home, um, in the last couple of years, we found that certain rooms need to be repurposed for other things. We found mm-hmm. that maybe we don't need um, a formal dining room per se, but we need a work area for the kids to be able to sit and do their work quietly without interrupting each other or whatever. I mean, when everybody had to bring all their kids home and, and yeah. do school home, like, so certain things had to be repurposed. So the perfect home for me and the perfect home for you and the perfect home for my neighbor down the road, it's all going to look very different. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean it's perfect. It just means it needs to be functional. Uh, for us in this time, in this season. And then it needs to be within budgets and all of that good stuff so that we can be at peace. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think all that time together too, especially being in our home has helped us to see where we should be investing. Like maybe we haven't invested in the places we were supposed to. So whether it's relationally or physically, um, you know, for us, we just, we did a huge renovation a couple of years back. And so when we went into the pandemic, we we're like, wow, we really, and we were really thoughtful about what the spaces were going to be used for. We're like, we have like what we need. And, um, but we also thought like, what if we invested in, you know, this, because then this would just come alongside what we want our family to be, the values that we have, like, you know, it sort of, it takes away all the the clutter, the mental clutter. <laughs> and it exposes maybe where we've invested that we didn't need to spend money or time and, and now where would be a better use of our time. Um, and so I think that's been, that's been one of the positive things that's come out of the last two years, a year and a half. Absolutely. I think we, we've we learned a little bit too about, you know, like you said, what we really need at the end of the day mm-hmm. and what's really just kind of superficial, but maybe mm-hmm. isn't really that necessary And I think we're probably still going to be learning those lessons for a little while, Um, you know, (laughs) kind of thought that maybe we, you know, we would be coming out and doing new things, going back to normal. But I really feel like, you know, this is kind of a new season for everybody to kind of experience and, um, you know, living within budgets and being able to live within our means is a whole nother issue that many of us in marriage and in our homes have to deal with, but it's, it actually does affect everything, you know, mm-hmm. um, home. And so, you know, little things like that. Um, unfortunately we, we sometimes can just go a little crazy in our homes and, and buy too many, uh, you know, little accessory pieces or, um, one too many bedspreads. And we didn't really need all of that. And I think you're right. I think figuring out exactly what it is that we need um, Mm -hmm. versus those things that we think we want and realizing those don't fulfill us in the end. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today and talking about this book. I'm excited for my listeners to check it out. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for letting me talk about it for a bit. And uh, I do hope that it will be a blessing and an encouragement. I just love how she makes the connection between our hearts and our homes. It definitely gives me something to think about. 
You can find Victoria at www.victoriadurstock.com. She's also at heartandhomebooks.com as well as endgamepress.com. You can find her on social media as V Durstock, Heart and Home Books, or Endgame Press. I'll link to all of this plus where you can find her book in the show notes. If you want to dig deeper into what we talk about on the podcast each week, check out the Build Your Best Family Facebook group. It's where we hang out with some fabulous women and we practice what we've learned. There's also encouragement, group coaching, and incredible resources there too. Remember, family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose.